What is good, Divine Dolls? All right, so I'm not sure if I have the ovaries to put the title that I really want to put. But if you see me put the title, <laughs> just know I was on one. So what I want to title this is um, I never experienced the Holocaust and neither did my family. So then therefore it didn't happen. Okay. That's what I really want to title this. But um, I understand it's a, it's a delicate subject, right? Um, and what I wanted to explore, because I was listening to, to, um, I guess what should have been a debate. I don't know. Um, and so both sides were making some valid points. Um, and it's so interesting. I think when I, when I think about the word valid now, in terms of a lot of y'all know, I, I, I'm into trading now. Um, I probably, well, this is something I'm committed to, and I know it can take a couple of years to really get off the ground. And so, but it, it kind of does help me understand the world a little bit better. But um, instead of trying to prove right and wrong, it's kind of like, just think about is a valid point. So that allows me the opportunity to say, well, let me let me first of all let's let's just jump into this first because let me just make sure. And I wanted to run up to to kind of um, get into a little bit more before I started to even look into these words. So valid means an argument or point having a sound base in logic or fact, reasonable or cogent. Um, legally or officially acceptable. Yeah. So. Yeah, they both had valid points. That being said, I actually don't agree with either party wholeheartedly. And I think that um, I was able to see both sides. And I wouldn't say I was necessarily on the middle. I agreed with some things that one party said. And I agreed with some things that, the, that another party said, right? Um, and so, but at one point, they try to invalidate the other person because... Uh, if you if all run in the same circles as me, I will say this, okay? One of the content creators I don't, I've, I've said I don't listen to anymore because I look for certain content and it has to do with, with black women, which coincidentally, I don't follow that other um, channel either that came up on my algorithm, but... um. It came up on my feed, and so I decided to just kind of listen to to the argument to see if I could sharpen myself up a little bit more on how I understood things or or where I stood on things. And so, um, the the people that were hosting the channel, they're married, okay, and so. They, of course, if you are kind of familiar with some of the stuff that I've been talking about or like reflecting on or engaging with, if they're married, they're not going to be necessarily open to some of the things that the other content creator has said about men, right? And one of the things I did not like, so y'all know, like I already told you, like I already did like one and a half podcasts kind of just saying like, 
why I'm not going to listen to that person anymore. But I had my reasons, but I still believe like she makes valid points about what you need to understand about men. Okay. So hopefully I never invalidated those parts of it. I just don't agree with other things. And that's just how my mind works. So what ended up happening is, of course, they came, they were, they started butting heads because, and they said it towards the end. They said, you know, it was two women and um, one of them was about one and they were talking to the former content creator that I, I just said I, I don't listen to anymore. So, so at, when she got off the channel, then they said, well, if you think that I'm just going to sit here and let you say stuff and I'm married, that can't happen. So I was like, so that means to tell me that you can't, you can't take on any of that information because you have a bias. And that concerns me, not so much for them, but for me, because it makes me wonder how many times have I been biased? Because it might not happen with this topic, you know? It might not happen with this topic. Like like I said, I can see the other content creator, even though I don't follow them anymore, the valid points that they're making, right? But... um. I don't want to put myself in a situation where what if I'm so gravely wrong, but because I have a bias, I can't see the other side of the picture. So they, the, the two women that are married went on to say, well, and one of them in particular, and I've talked about this before. She said, well, I had a good father. All of my brothers are outstanding men. I'm married to a wonderful black man. I've had men that love me and adore me and worship the ground I work on, da-da-da. And I, I've talked about this before, but I, I almost wonder, I'm like, is that being selfish? Because what if there are little girls out there or other people out there that need to address what is going on with like, um, yeah, with male male behavior, and they're on the receiving end of being R word and S, you know, sexually assaulted and taken advantage of or in an unhappy situation. So we're just going to invalidate everybody else's experiences because. And so then that's when I was just like, this sounds to me like you're saying, well, I never experienced the Holocaust and nobody in my family experienced the Holocaust. Therefore, it didn't happen. And you have an invalid point. And if you think I'm going to sit here and talk about, you know, they did this and that to our people and da, da, da. And I'm like, no, no, no. Mm-mm. And it makes me wonder about how we, I think, especially in the black community, engage with science and numbers. I know I did a podcast way, way back. And this is kind of messed up because... I feel like I was living a normal life before I came into the YouTube world. I didn't come into the YouTube world until the pandemic. And so a lot of it, I think it, going into 2024, I'm like, yeah, when I tell you <laughs> I'm 2019 to 20, uh, 24, 2023, I think I've had a good run. Y'all are, are knocking futs and <laughs> I'm ready to check out because 
um, it wasn't until I really came on to YouTube where you started to hear the, like, um, like, what I would hear is, like, for example, men would say, um, well, I'm a good guy. And I'm like, I get that you are a good guy if you want to call yourself that, but do you represent everyone else? And I felt like it's the same thing that these two women were doing too. It's like, if it's irresponsible of you to say, well, I'm the good guy, knowing that there are other women out here that are being assaulted, toe tagged, you know, with the femicide rates, the crime rates, you, you want us to disregard everything because you're the good guy. And I think that I'm trying to be so careful about that too. And I, and I, I wonder if we have a responsibility or obligation to, I'm just wondering, I'm not saying that we do because I don't know to what degree I want to identify with certain things. Like, for example, um, um, well, I have several examples. Um, I kind of want to talk about the trading thing a little bit, but I think what might be identifiable is like, what might help you relate to me a little bit is if I say, well, I'm a tall girl, so no, no, no. I, I, you know what I want to do? I want to, I want to use six figure earner. So for six figure earners and above, if they were to start walking around and saying like, Poverty, there is no poverty. Starving children, there is no starving children. Um, customer service, it's always, you know, we're always treated right every time we walk into a store. Um, we're not, you know, people aren't breaking into our house. We're, we don't have, like, my neighborhood where I live, thankfully, couldn't tell you the last time I heard shots fired. Now, my neighbors are bandits. They will do fireworks when the, the city sent all of us handwritten notes. No, I'm just kidding. Told us that we're doing laser light works because we're trying to protect the environment, da da da, and not have a fire hazard, whatever. So my neighbors are bandits, but I, anyway, I say all that to say, like, I couldn't tell you the last time I've heard um, shots fired or somebody toe tagged, like, even for my church. Even though the well the the church I used to go to I went to two different churches but um couldn't tell you the last time anybody from our congregation my you know that my parents are still involved in have gotten toe tagged from you know fr from somebody shooting them um another another common thing too and I think that this is why it's so important and oh so let me finish up the money one and then I'll talk about like cancer and breast cancer right. So does that mean that I don't pay attention to gun laws or the femicide rates or domestic violence rates because the neighborhood that I live in, we don't experience toe tagging due to shooting on an almost regular basis? Like, you know, you can have news stories coming out of Chicago, Chirac, Blackistan, whatever. And, you know, how many children are, are, are toe tagged? you know, um, in, in a week and at a time and every four hours. And it's like, do we invalidate those, those circumstances? Because it's not our reality. Then we just say like, well, then 
Therefore, because I'm not, you know, nobody's gotten toe tagged in my family, then it's invalid. Another case in point too, um, I was going to use breast cancer, but actually breast cancer does run in, in our, um, my, my, on my mom's side of the family. Cancer does run in, in our family, but for all intents and purposes, um, if I were to say, well, I don't have cancer and no one in my family has had cancer, so then therefore cancer does not exist. Does that mean, does that invalidate, you know, like one of my, my bosses, one of my favorite bosses, one of the kindest bosses I've ever had, he passed away from, um, from cancer. And it's like, do I invalidate? And, and actually, as I'm thinking through it, like, I mean, now that's common in our church. Like, um, I was talking to my mom today and I was telling her one of my, um, somebody that we know and we grew up with and my mom knows their parents and everything. It's like the aunt passed away in May. Now the mom got diagnosed, kid you not, stage four pancreatic cancer, like July 13th, July 30th, gone, just gone. Um, And even as I was thinking about it right now too, it's like so many loved ones so many like kind and it's like really sweet people that I don't really understand why, but you know, so do I say, well, I don't have cancer. So why are you talking to my congregation about breast cancer awareness, you know, um, or, or even for males, right? Every October, I'm an October baby. So Every October, we talk about breast cancer awareness. And I remember, again, right before the pandemic hit, um, I was starting to volunteer and I really liked this organization. Um, Actually, it was the Susan G. Corman uh, Foundation. Hold on one second. The Jamaica is hitting, y'all. I swear they put something in there when I get my drinks. Like, mm. so, and I remember there was a, there was, uh, it was mostly women, but there were a couple of, of men on there. There were a couple of black guys, actually. And when I say a couple, I mean literally two. And after the third meeting, I got to hear his story. And, he said, you know, the reason I am involved in the breast cancer awareness is, is I think, he, and I, I don't remember to its entirety, but I think it was either his wife. Yeah, I think it was his wife because he started to talk about how having a support system for his wife was so important. And he came to understand, you know, the discussions that surrounded and he wanted to make sure that other families had that resource available for the women in their life and stuff. And I thought that was really nice of him. Um, And the reason he, I think it stood out to me too, is because he says men have breasts too. And you do have males that have breast cancer and are under the Susan G. Corman thing in the sense of like, they have the mammary glands, right? Wait, am I saying that right? Because I think, hold on, I don't think I am. But theirs don't produce milk. <laughs> Hold on. 
Gotta take it back to elementary school, y'all. And it's so funny how our, um, you start to, to replace things that you learned in school <laughs> with, I guess, more important things like haikanashi candles, wedge, <laughs> wedge patterns, falling. Oh my gosh. What's the other term? Double dojis and stuff. But, um, let me just make sure. Hold on one second. Da -da -da -da. I just want to make sure I, I, I do this right away. Memory gland is highly evolved specialized organ. Um, on each side of the anterior chest wall, organ's primary function is to secrete milk. Both is present in both sexes. Um, it is well developed. There we go. I, this is, I love whoever wrote this. This is well written. The memory gland is a highly evolved and specialized organ present in pairs, one on each side of the anterior uh, chest wall. The organ's primary function is to secrete milk. <laughs> Though it is present in both sexes, it is well developed in females and rudimentary in males. Boom, chakalaka, there we have it. So that was my point. So he said that even though males have breasts, um, not that they don't function like the women's, but they have it too. And it made me think like, wow, um, it, it really left an impression on me because it's like, this man doesn't have to be here because it wasn't him. It was his wife. And even in that, he understands that he, and it was this tall, towering I mean, he kind of reminded me a little bit of my ex. I wasn't attracted to him in any way, shape, or form. But just this tall, powerful, articulate, um, presenting type of person that, was, I mean, showed up on time. Diligent, thorough um, type of a thing. And it's like, wow, so... You can care and acknowledge that there's something outside of yourself. Will he ever have breast cancer? Likelihood is no. Um, did he experience breast cancer? No, that, but he's not out here invalidating what women experience or that. that and so it makes me wonder, like, what is our relationships with science and numbers and probabilities? Um, I, I think I was kind of hinting at this. Um, I did a podcast where I talked about how these guys were just talking about like, oh, well, not all men. So then it's okay. Like, well, give me an example. Is it, are you the 1% of males that represents, are you the one out of 10 that represents all 10 males? Or are you, or do all 10 males represent you? Like, you know, be, and so that's part of what I didn't like with the argument when I was listening to the, to the, to the, I guess it was supposed to be a debate is like, they were saying, well, we're happily married and my dad is perfect. And, and she, she straight out said it. She's like, my husband, you know, my dad is perfect. My brothers are upstanding men and I'm married to, to a man. And they were like, well, we are both married to six figure Man, and it's kind of like, okay. So, and, and you know, I've talked about this before too. 
the gaslighting that happens with women's experiences is just like out of this world because one thing that guys will tell you is, well, you haven't dated all men. What the fuck is that? I did a podcast that's called like um, running through the rose bushes is not going to heal your your wounds. Matter of fact, if you run through rose bushes, you're going to get fucked up. Like, <laughs> so, because they have thorns. Are roses beautiful? Yeah. But they got roses in it. I'd much rather that you understand how to deal with it. Right? But I don't like the guest lighting tactic because, and I've done another podcast on this too. And, I, and this is why I feel so comfortable going into 2024. I don't know what is going to unfold with the podcast, right? We can just roll with the punches and see what the next level and the next rung is. But at this point, I've repeated so many things and I've said so many things. But um, I talk about how like the reason that they want to gaslight you into saying that, oh, well, you haven't dated every single man. They're banking on you having to keep lowering your, your not your standards, but like lowering your your boundaries or like your... Your guard, lowering your guard to give somebody else another chance, to give somebody else another chance. Every woman is not going to get a chance to date every single man, but it gives them a chance for you to get it, you know, for them to to do what it is that they want to do with you and then keep it pushing, right? And the other thing I didn't like about the argument was that it defaulted to like, um, and they were, they were being pick and what's so messed up is like when they started calling them pygmies, they did exactly what pygmies were. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we got picked. And I'm like, oh, my God, you don't understand the point. And it makes me wonder how many times have we done this other times in life? Because how we do one thing is how we're going to do other things. Right. And we're like, girl, you don't understand. You're trying to make it seem like because part of the, there's so many conversations outside of just sleeping with men I think that that go into these conversations right what does it have to do with your self-worth your self-image the way that you value yourself or society views you and in society we're taught like you don't have value unless you are picked by a male and I will say this, I haven't really said it before. Maybe I don't, shouldn't have to say it, but I'm stick, strictly dickly over here, right? I still agree with said content creator, um, but I don't need, I, I think I, I understand it so much more now on this side of the the knowledge and the information that I have acquired as opposed to like even five years ago when I was dating. And part of the pressure back then was like, oh my gosh, why am I not married yet? Why don't I have kids yet? And it's kind of like, and you all know, if you go to church, it's kind of like, they don't give a damn if you bought your first house or if you finished your MBA or if you're in your doctor program. It's like, why aren't you married? Like, 
you haven't seen these people for years. Are you married? Where's your husband? And it's like, oh, no. Okay, well, then you just cease to exist. And it's like, I'm a whole entire human being. I'm not chopped liver. You know, I have thoughts and emotions and things I like to do or, you know. And so um, having to, and so they fell into that whole default thing of like, well, at least you were picked. Why don't you try? And so it, it went into this whole circular conversation of like, we're validated because a man chose us and y'all are miserable. That's why no one chose you. And it's like, I'm saying that the reason I'm saying strictly dickly is because I can understand that that's my preference. Okay. And even on this side, the content creator will be like, oh, you know, they got cottage cheese in there. They don't wash themselves. They don't stink. Thank God or goddess or mother divine. All the relationships I'm in, the guys like to groom themselves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've never had a bad experience. Because honestly, if I did, I would, uh, um, when it comes to like sexually, right? Because I probably would be feeling some kind of way. But for the most part, clean, dress good, smells so good, you know, and last time I like, they like to wear, I like, and it kind of makes sense why I was attracted to them too, like, like. Every single one, because I do like a guy that smells good, but I'm not talking about like in the nether regions. I'm just talking about like in general. But so I understand like even within both parties on this side, I'm not going to fit in because they're like, ew, why would you want to be with the, why would you still want to have that anyways? Because it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like they're dirty and stink and boo, boo, and boo. And I'm like, well, that hasn't been in my experience, but I completely understand where you're coming from. On the other camp. In the other camp, you have the women that are like, um, well, at least we were picked and you're just miserable. And, you, you know, that's, and it's like, no. I, I, and I've talked about this before, too, and I laugh about it, right? Um, I talk about how, like, I like to see the interior, interior serratus on a, on a male. Look it up. Interior serratus. I think I've actually put it in a couple of my titles. I love muscles. I love a good-looking man. Woo! Love a good-looking man. With gluteus maximus, I like him with a, with a nice... Not like Tristan Thompson type of high booty, but that used to be a running joke. High school. I like him with height on them. I like him with the square jaw. Don't let him have dimples. Um... Yeah, just, just, yeah. So, but I'm in a space where I understand that I don't need to have the title of being someone's wife or mother to validate my experience as a woman. So, and the reason that they were saying that too is kind of like, you saying that you're happy to be picked it's like you're not free yet because I think that the same way that I can be single and still prefer Strictly Dickly, like I joke about it, y'all. <laughs> I joke about like the, um, 
or I will inter- I will entertain that the conversations, but I honestly it's not really my thing. Like the lesbian talk or stuff like that. Or there's I wouldn't say there's even curiosity about it. I just see people doing what they do. It doesn't offend me. Um, I remember one time, and, and speaking of, of which, so Katy Perry had this song, and it was like, I kissed a girl and I liked it. Taste of her cherry chapstick. I kissed a girl and I liked it. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had to take that ringtone off because it was, I really liked the beat. Don't know what the hell was wrong. I just really liked it. It just is what it is. Call me weird. <laughs> One time I was at the hair salon, I was getting my hair done and she had put me under the dryer. And I remember at one point, like everybody's head just turned and looked at me and I was just sitting there kind of like, whatever. And my hairdresser was like looking at me weird. And I was just like, what? Like all of them just turned their head. So then like two, three minutes later, I looked down at my phone and I saw I have missed a call. And then I was like, oh, my ringtone went off. They heard the ringtone. This is back in the days when we used to have ringtones, y'all. This is up. I might be dating myself a little bit, but you could download like people talking like, hey, pick up the phone, pick up the phone. Or you could put like put um different songs on your phone and stuff like that and then like um I remember for my boyfriend at the time this is really gonna date myself um remember that time when we were young and you were mine my boo um and it was Alicia Keys and I had set my boo's song to um the Alicia Keys so every time he would call me he would be like remember when you were young and you were mine my boo my boo. So he had the boo one. And then um oh my gosh. But you know what? They need to like low-key bring that back because they were getting my coins off of that one because everybody had to get a ringtone. And they were so much fun. Like definitely started conversation, conversation starters. Um and $99, that's $99, 99 cents, that would, that would, um, hold on. Mm. <sighs> Last of my liquid crack, y'all. Um, those 99 cents would add up, y'all. I'll be downloading ringtones. My dad would be making so much fun of me because at one point, I had the phone, like, I remember at the time my color was red. And so I would get, I had a red cell phone case. It was a clear cell phone case. And my friend, my best friend at the time, her color was blue. And so not only was my phone clear red, um, I had gotten, it was like a Nokia phone. And I changed out the, the keypads. And then there was this piece you could put in the back for the battery and it lit up in red. So I remember because we're kind of like a relatively small town. And so my friend, I saw her, um, we were at the, what you call the four point or I think it's called five point. I think every, every city obviously has this. It could be several parts throughout the city, but we were at five point and 
So she was getting ready to turn to her house and I was just turning um, on across the street. So I called her and I see her phone light up. He's like, hello. And I'm like, hey girl, you see you over here with the neighbor? She's like, hey, hey, what's up? Oh my gosh, I see you. <laughs> we were so funny. Oh my gosh. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I see you forgot the phone. But yeah, those things were so freaking bright. My dad, oh my gosh, he, he would always be just cracking up because... I'd show him, but my dad loves technology, so it kind of makes sense going back then, but, so, but anyways, before we went down that hell of a tangent, oh, yeah, so we were, I was talking about how, so, in both camps, I, I'd probably be a reject, one camp, they're gonna be like, nah, girl, you can't come over here, because we've all agreed that these dicks got cottage cheese, and... We just, and I'd be like, but that hasn't been my experience though, you know, like, but I understand what you're saying though. And then on the other side, it's like the women that are like, well, you haven't been picked. And it's like, no, you haven't been set free yet. I feel like you could, if you really truly want to, are there people that are in happy marriages? Yes. In fact, um, and, and you never know, I think, especially with social media, but even like when I listen to like some of my favorite social media people, I'm pretty sure they're in a very happy relate. you know, for as much as I am on the outside looking in, they're fine. Come to, you know, trust and believe. But I think that here's my issue. Woo! Oh my gosh. I've been talking this whole time. And we're at the 30 minute mark. Let me, let me land this plane real, real quick. I think that. Um, excuse me, it reminded me of when I started going to college, like how it's supposed to expand your mind. It's like a whole new world, right? A whole new world of da -da -da, right? A whole new world of like expanding that there's something outside of yourself. And really, truly college is like you start to deal with science and things that you never knew like and you start to deal with you know if you ever took statistical um courses and like micro I actually even though I didn't pass one of them but my favorite classes because the way that instructor taught it was uh micro economics and macroeconomics right and but at the same time too I was working I want to say two jobs and going to school at the same time and I was working graveyard for one of the jobs. And so past the first class, but the second one, I remember the teacher, uh, my, 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 um, my school counselor advisor, she set me up for eight o'clock in the morning, which I don't know. Sometimes you kind of wonder in hindsight too, but, and I don't know, maybe because it was my, my job, I should have prioritized that schedule, but I would, I would go to work at 12 midnight my my shift would start and i would get off work at 7:30 i believe and so technically i had time to go home grab my notebooks go to class and that class was 45 minutes um and i that's the only time and i would fall asleep and that teacher when he and he was a he was a um hold on oh my gosh i got to get comfortable in bed so he was actually a um, Middle Eastern guy. He was an Indian guy. And every time we would get the answer right, this is like you guys have heard me say like cookie for you. 
that's where I got it from. Every time I, I do something right and people don't acknowledge, I just do it for myself. I'm like, cookie for me? You know, and he'd be like, cookie for you. And we would love it so much, right, um, type of a thing. And so he ended up going back home. But even though I was falling asleep in his second class, I know he had to figure something was wrong because one time I fell asleep, I was so tired and he never tried to embarrass me or anything. And um, I, I must have must have let him know and stuff like that. But always so super, I mean, respectful. And I remember when he was leaving and I wrote him this thing. And I'm like, thank you so much for all your help and the courses. And he's like, I actually hold you in high regard. Like, continue to do what, with your studies and stuff. I never got to see him again and that type of thing. But um, But you start to learn that there's so many things outside of yourself, right? I remember one of the assignments we had to do... Each one of our groups had to do a study on a different part of the country. And then that's when you get to learn that, what? There's a world outside of California? There's a world outside of North America? There's a world outside of, like, Central America? There's South America? There's New Zealand, Australia? Like, yeah, you kind of learn it a little bit when you're... Because I remember fifth grade... um, we did the same thing with the 50 states. And so my state was was Michigan. And um, I still remember that. I still have the pictures. I enjoyed it because there was a creative element to it. <clears throat> and it was funny, too, because I still remember, like, all of the natural resources for Michigan. And, they, of course, they have the lake and, and um, like, the hydroponics and everything that goes with that. But, um. Yeah, I don't know. I think that sometimes we have to be careful because we invalidate other people's experiences. And I think that in some ways it's selfish. I think you have to give people room to address the bigger issue because it becomes selfish to me when you start to say, um, well, I never experienced the Holocaust and nobody in my family has ever experienced it. Therefore, it doesn't, you know, you're you're just dumb. And so all of those people that they experienced that and their families experienced that, it's that's not right, you know? I think about, and I've talked about this too, a lot of my empathy actually is for single moms. Like, when I think about me becoming a successful trader, I think about, yes, reaching out to women, but I just, my heart goes out to single moms because it's like, once I perfect it, you know, in my own way, I know that I'll be able to reach uh, my demographic of people. And in the sense of, because I feel like every time you have content creators, you're going to gravitate. So there's already people out there that they have their people gravitate to them, but I know that I can reach a certain demographic. It's not that, you know, if you can just identify with my nature and how I had to struggle with certain things to understand it and grasp it in my journey or whatever, what have you. But I've never had a child. I don't have children, right? But I empathize so much with the experience and I hear their story so much. And I think I would be a a fool and I would be so selfish and unconscious if I were to make it seem like, well, I'm college educated and I have means of income and I don't have children. So then we don't have to pay attention to their feelings about postpartum or burnout or 
being tired or being pulled in so many directions and being stressed and fatigued or having so many demands and facing all the stigmas that come with it, you know, on the day-to-day basis. Like, and I, I think I'm talking about it from the empathetic um, stance, but I'm also talking about it from the scientific stance because then you start to come across as not... Um, I don't want to say the word is not worldly. It will come to me. It's um, you are not. I don't think it's not schooled. Um, Let's see if the word comes to me. But it has to do with you are not uh, cultured. Right. You are not cultured in a certain sense that you only know your bubble. Right. So. But that's almost on a third round because one is to not be cultured. Like you only like, for example, I talk a lot about the black community, but sometimes I realize like I need to empathize with other communities too, right? So being cultured, um, which is going to be huge, especially going into next year. Huge thing. (laughs) Get ready. Hold on to your ankles because or your bootstraps or whatever. And then the other one is. Being able to empathize, which is more like the emotional intelligence side of things. But the other one is the scientific. Like, are you schooled enough to understand like statistics and probabilities and validity endpoints? And are you able to understand that because you don't have cancer, there is a certain demographic of women. Because here's another thing, too. One of the content creators that I follow, she just had a, a little baby girl. Her pregnancy went pretty smoothly for the most part. She had a pretty, it's one of the most um, smoothest pregnancies I have heard of a story of in, like, when I tell you years, I told y'all I used to watch, like, uh, on TLC, I'd come home from college um, in between classes and I would just watch the baby stories and stuff like that and then head back out the door and stuff. And there would be screaming and crying and pain and all this stuff. And then the baby would come in. Of course, they would be happy. And so when she shared her delivery story, yeah, there was a discomfort. But for the most part, it was just pretty smooth, you know, almost calming <laughs> type of a thing. And it's like, it was a it was a young um, black woman. And you know how there's all these stories about how black women um, have high mortality rates. Matter of fact, we just heard the story about the the young um, black lady, the young black woman that the doctor decapitated her baby when she was in childbirth. And um, I feel so like, oh my gosh, I haven't been able to really, I just feel so bad for her. I really, really do. And again, it's just being able to empathize, you know, because I, I did low-key want to have a love child, like, <laughs> and so I can imagine that anticipation of meeting your baby and getting to see them develop into, a, you know, a whole grown-up human being and have that taken away from you from, like, really gross negligence. Um, but I say that because it's like, does the one woman's experience 
where she has a smooth labor and delivery as a black woman, does that invalidate all of the other women who are having difficulty with their pregnancy? And I think that that gets us in trouble too, especially like when we talk about, um, uh, I did a podcast where we were highlighting a story and it, it caught me off guard a little bit. But, you know, when us black women are out here saying like, listen, we're, we have high mortality rates with, with pregnancy and dominant society is just kind of like, what's the problem? Like, you know, we're turned a blind eye to it. And it's like, we keep saying like, hey, there's a problem. What is going on? We need to address this issue. You know, why is it that the, statistically and so statistics matter, ratios matter. Is it every single black woman? No, but it's enough outside of yourself that it needs to be addressed. And when you start to get selfish towards kind of like, well, I had a smooth delivery. I had a smooth pregnancy. I had 10 babies in in four months and nothing happened to me. I was able to walk and go to work the day after. And so now the women that really need the help is because you're so selfish and so egotistically driven that you can't let the information get to the people who really need it. And so I'll close out with this too, because uh, I've, I've questioned so many times, but I feel like I finally got the answer. I was like, why do we keep putting out the content? The content is not for the people who don't need it. The content is for the people who need it. It sounds so simple and remedial, right? But the thing is, is like, when I think about how I got to where I am, if I didn't have, like, for example, a Cynthia G who knows, was able to put two and two together and she kept that information to herself and went about her life, I would still be out here getting like effed over, you know? And I promise you, like the moment that I heard her information, I will never forget. It's like you sit there. And it's like, everything starts to make sense. Like, oh my word. And now I can move different. And now I can be free. And now I understand exactly what I'm dealing with. And it's liberating, right? And so then that's who you do that for. And you kind of understand. And so then that's what being not selfish means. It means that you give the information for the people who need that transformation, who are seeking that transformation, and you make it available to them. Are you going to have people that just don't give a damn? No. And I think that, like I said, with, with the two women that were married, there's nothing wrong with being married. I think that a lot of us are saying that, you know, the issue is you don't, you are still identifying to your value because a man chose you. You had value whether he chose you or not. And the same way that your other relationships ended, you know, did your value stop then? No. And that's the message that women need to deal with. And even in terms of probability, not every woman's going to get married. So, and not every woman's going to have a child. And in a roundabout way, I'm grateful for the thought process I had to go through when I started to realize like, okay, you know what? I'm probably just not going to have children um, at this whole grown age because it's just, I don't, there's like, even last night, couldn't fall asleep. Had to get up at six in the morning to get ready to, to trade for the market. Ain't no way I'm going to be getting ready to, to take a kid to school 
and helping them with their homework is just uh, nonstop. <laughs> I will never, ever complain about not having children again, but I feel like um, I remember going through that thought process. And I think that it it was easier because there were so many women out there having conversations about what my true value is and you know, what I quote unquote bring to the table or who I am as a human being outside of. And I remember part of when I was struggling with this stuff too, one of my old um, co-workers, I've talked about her before. It was the old lady that she used to work with us college students and we were like fresh out of high school. I mean, fresh out of college, first year, you know, like out of um, undergrad and she was on her way out for retirement. And so it's like you have these little young, you know, naive college, recent college grads and stuff. And so she would just try to save her ass. And so she would throw us under the bus and then back up and run it, run it over. And, but she was so sweet with you. But once the boss came in, she was like had to protect herself and like that type of stuff. So old white lady. Um, she used to do like a lot of drugs and like smoke and all this other stuff. And but she ended up working at a Christian school. But that's neither here nor there. So, but I remember um, after I got my job in another department, she came to visit me, and it's like one of those conversations. And I knew they they talk about everybody because that's how they were when we were there, like in the department. But it's kind of like who's married and who's dating who and who has kids and da da da. So she comes to my office and she, and I'm like, I haven't seen her for so long. You know, it had been about maybe if I say five years. Um, And so she comes in and stuff. And she's like, oh, she's stopping by and stuff. And then she's just kind of like taking, you know, typical old white nosy lady in your business and the other director still worked on campus like I did and they had connected with everybody else and they figured out I'm still single and no kids. And she's like, you know, I really just out of the blue, I, I regret not having children. And she looks at me and I was like, oh, and so at that point, <laughs> just like listening to her because I was like, I have to go to lunch at some point. So I'm I'm waiting here for her to finish the sentence. She's like, yeah, I really wish I had had children. It's like a regret I had. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, well, you know, I and I guess she was like waiting for me to say something. I was like, well, if I have children, then I do. But if I don't, I think I'll be fine with it. And she was like, oh, like she wanted me to be kind of like driven to want to have kids. And even though at that point, you know, it kind of felt like I could be second guessing myself a little bit. It was like, you know what? I mean, I would love to have children. And I think that that I'm able, but I was able to really cross that bridge and be like, you know what? You might want to have one child, but if you don't, that is completely okay. You can still give back. You have at this point a niece. You have God kids that you still have to, you know, make sure you leave uh, something for them behind for them and, and stuff like that. And you can always adopt if you want to. But that doesn't mean that I'm any less of a woman or I don't get to have the woman's experience here on earth. And I, a lot of you know, I, I love to talk about how my relationship with how I see things here is kind of like we get to report back to some higher being in the afterlife and be like, yeah, the earth loved it, hate it, five star review, three star re- review, it's ghetto. 
whatever, right? <laughs> Could be better. Don't send, would not go back, right? Um, and so there was a, a, a definition of how you can describe God, right? And the way that this person tried to explain God is that God is the ocean and we are the droplets of the ocean, right? We make up the ocean. And so it's up to us to experience and be those waves and those surf tides and everything that goes with it. And we have a responsibility like to, to report back and say, what is our experience? Like it is through through us that God, whether it's he or she, we get to say, you know, I love, I like, I'm sad, I'm happy, I feel joy, I feel anger, I feel pain, I feel misunderstood. And so I've just been kind of like relishing what that means to just experience what it means to be a woman. What does it mean to be? And, and it does bother me too, like the whole black thing. It just is what it is. It's not even from a pro-black stance. I just feel like if we believe in intelligent design or an intelligent creator sending us down here, why would you negate the vessel that you came in? There has to be significance in me coming as a black woman. There is a experience that is unique to being a black woman. I Part of it means that I get to experience my soul. Um, I guess soul versus spirit or my body or my vessel, but you don't think that me presenting as a black woman has, it's not even so much about what I think, it's about how people treat you, right? So I get to experience how people feel when they see a black woman, and I get to report back and be like, yeah, these people are racist as fuck, yo. Like, (laughs) they don't understand that I'm, you know, probably like the most nicest, sweetest person ever, but... I'm going to report back to the divine source as soon as they see you. That's how they treat you. It is what it is, right? But I mean, I'm not, I, for me to go so far as to say I'm not black. No, I feel like I chose to come here in this vessel. And even then there was intelligent design in, you know, whatever it is that sent me here to present this way so that I could experience those things that come with that. I think that my experiences are different than a male. Do we have things that are um, in common? Yeah. But I'm never going to know what it's like to pull up to a urinal and pull my peen out and get it stuck in a zipper. I've heard it's quite painful, eh, you know, um, type of a thing. But at the same time, that's I will never like experience that or know what that feels like, right? Um but I, I know what it's like. Like, I, I think, are there are there white women that can get their hair braided? Yeah. But I think that it's kind of unique to black women, you know. So I know what it's like to get, like, my hair braided or to get my manicure, pedicure. Are there men that can do it? Yes, right. Um, and, you know, deciding to wear a bra, not to wear a bra. Are those things that make me feminine? Not per se, because you do have men that will be like, oh, well, I have on nail polish or I have on a dress, so then therefore I'm a woman. Um, maybe to what degree are they trying to feel quote unquote feminine? That's, that's a whole other conversation, but everything from like the menstrual cycle. And I think even the social constructs, how people deal with you, right? Some people think that women are not as intelligent as men. So, you know, one thing 
I, I could probably keep talking on and on about this. But yeah, let me let me close out with this. I feel like I don't want to be that type of girl that invalidates other people's experiences. I um, So I'm just really careful with that. I think if at some point when there's more engage, engagement and they're like, you're invalidating. I'm like, all right. <laughs> it's probably likely I am, you know. Um, and I want to be kind of sensitive to that, but, um, and especially if, if I, I want to always keep in the back of my mind, like, is that information going to help someone? If it's just being just dumb, then just whatever. We're so above that, especially going into 2024. But, um, if it's going to be like information, like, I feel like the information that the content creator that I said, I don't listen to anymore. If I could work around some of the the, the things, um, I think that women have to understand like a man's nature and how to engage with him. Some people will continue to have relationships with them. Um, heck, at some point I might get you a Mister Musings of a Divine Feminine. Not like how did what does it go? Possible but not probable. <laughs> really, truly, I, and I like to joke about stuff, but yeah, it's 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 more. Uh, it's less likely and less probable. What is it? More possible and less probable. But, um, no. Less probable and less possible. But, um, uh, I think that it's about equipping yourself with information and liberating being free with the information, you know. You don't want to be in Age of Aquarius without access to information. And I don't think you want to deprive other people of that information. And I don't think this is a time to be invalidating, like, other people. Um, and I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I will come back on and share that with you. But at this point, I've talked my head off. My little Bruno is tired because he decided to keep us up last night. And so he didn't get a good night's rest. And I didn't either. So he, that's, this is why you hear him. He's, he's so quiet right now. That's because in like a couple hours, he's going to be up barking. <laughs> he is so bad. He's like those little bad kids. Oh my goodness. And so then, yeah, so I'm ready to go to bed. Um... I'm looking forward to sleeping in because usually I have to get up at six in the morning. I actually want to get up a little bit earlier and try to do some yoga, um, like maybe get up at 530. And so um, just to get my body kind of like flowing and moving around a little bit. And um, I do want to take this seriously. So I do treat it like a job. So I'm up at six and everything is open. I take my notes and power everything up and get my water and so it's, I want to be attentive and alert and no distractions in the background. And it's, it's a whole, you've got to be disciplined and manage all the thoughts and emotions that go through your mind and stuff. So I'm looking forward to the day of rest, um, to rest my mind, to restore my mind. And Sunday will make it a fun day. And yeah, let me, let me just keep listening to see what else is out there with you guys. Um, and I will be on here to react. So yeah, made a full hour out of it, but I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you have an amazing weekend 
And until the next podcast, bye.